So th- this is really geared to the... Hey folks, I'm Michael Vesey from Amazing FBA today. We are talking to my friend Jason Miles, or I'm talking with Jason as part of our sister podcast, The E-commerce Leader, which has a broader mission than Amazing FBA or 10K Collective. Hey folks, I'm Michael Vesey from Amazing FBA today. We are talking to my friend Jason Miles, or I'm talking with Jason But today we're talking about one of the subjects that I'm definitely the leader, which has a broader mission than Amazing FBA or 10K Collective, which is to say... And uh, it is therefore e-word e-commerce ranking. sellers that we, we look at. We big picture strategic Some of this stuff will be familiar but today. We're talking about one of the subjects that I'm selling. Some people who are very the person who focuses on as operators than myself, which is Amazon, may find Amazon very, SEO. Very helpful. And, and those uh, of you who are keyword ranking to research should be commerce. Some of this stuff will be familiar if you're an established Amazon seller. Some people who are very hard to go about it, but I am operators that are new to Amazon may find this very helpful. And those of you who are new to the whole business, so enjoy. Enjoy the conversation some and useful uh, value in here as I well. You get I'm not going into value for detail and exactly how to go about it, but I am going to talk about some basic concepts that hopefully will help clarify the situation for you. So enjoy the conversation and uh, I hope you get some great value from Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven-figure exit, and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best AI repricer for Amazon profits. Private label sellers, are you wasting your cash? Eva reprices your products for you, and the result is up to 50% more profits. Eva serves hundreds of seven-figure sellers in the USA and is now out for British and European sellers as well. For a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Amazon SEO, or Amazon Keyword Ranking, is rightly more than important. It's almost an obsession of any focused e-commerce operator who sells on Amazon, especially custom products or private label products, or in fact, anybody who gets to create or control the listing for products. Getting your product listing to rank on Amazon for powerful keywords is indeed incredibly important. Having talked in the last live or the last two podcast episodes about strategic drivers for this area, today we're going to talk some very practical action steps to get your products ranked for valuable keywords on Amazon, which basically divides into two parts and hence two episodes for the podcast listeners, keyword research, and then optimizing the listing to rank for those keywords. So, Jason, you ready to plunge into these exciting, <laughs> turbulent waters with me here? I'm nervous, man. This sounds so hard. But I, I know you're an expert guide for this stuff. But let me just say why I really like the strategy of SEO optimization. And that's because a lot of people's first response when they want to try to get sales is just to pay for advertising. And you can do that on Amazon. You can do it off Amazon. You know, a lot of Shopify owners will do that when they, you know, I have a Shopify site set up. Their first response is, let's do Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, if your listings aren't really optimized and put together properly and really organized in such a way that you've converted people when they hit your page, you're really, really wasting money when you pay for advertising. I mean, it's like a leaky bucket. And so I'm a huge fan of kind of doing things in logical sequence. And the first sequence is get your listing really dialed in. 
and fully cooked. And this holds true on Amazon and it holds true on Shopify websites as well. So that's why I love this topic in general. So Michael, let's break it down for people who are focused on the Amazon listing. What are practical ways you can improve your Amazon SEO again with just the organic efforts, the copywriting efforts without advertising? So just uh, uh, really the first response to that is to respond to your previous point, which is uh, we've got to think about where SEO, i.e. optimization for ranking, as in being discovered, it is appropriate. And to your point, what I'm not going to discuss today, but which is critically important, is to optimize your listing for humans to convert. And you're so absolutely 100% right about that. That copywriting ability or image work to convert for humans is absolutely critical. That's the the difficult thing with Amazon is that it also leads into SEO because if your listing converts better, broadly speaking, it will rank better. However, I'm going to artificially hive off the optimization piece to a, a different discussion another day if we want to do it and certainly very worthwhile topic. So to your point, I absolutely agree with you. And what we're doing today, I guess, assumes either that you don't know who you're selling to. So we're starting with raw keywords research or if you have done that, that you optimize your listing to sell. And then we're, we're really talking about just the keywords piece today, really, because that's complicated enough. So I hope that makes sense. So let's plunge into it and hopefully it will make sense. The first thing is a caveat. The other piece of, of listing SEO on Amazon, which is different from Google, is you can't really separate the organic SEO from advertising-driven SEO. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get into the whole advertising thing today because it's huge. But the bad news is normally you can't just do great Amazon organic ranking with a cold start unless you happen to be in a very uncrowded marketplace. Um, but the good news is that if you optimize the listing in terms of organic SEO, then everything else works better. Uh, okay. So I hope that makes a little bit of sense, a bit of context there. So step one is to start with the focus on keywords. How do you go yeah. about that? Keyword what do you do? Research, yeah. So I divide this into two phases, pick and pie. I called it some cutesy names, um, some abbreviations. PIC stands for product idea creation. And PI stands for product idea elimination. So basically what I'm doing is separating it into more of a brain function and very broad idea gathering. And then we have to analyze it down and eliminate it down to the keywords where the metrics actually check out. So one is more imagination driven. The other is more analytical. Most people tend to want to go straight for the tools and do the analysis piece because it's more mechanical and straightforward, particularly more mechanically minded or uh, process driven people. And they really don't like the fact that I asked them to use imagination. But I promise you, I've tried skipping that over. So, you know, that that's why I do it this way around. Really. So we start with our imagination. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I know that people <laughs> want to go to the numbers. Uh, there's so much resistance amongst my clients. It's funny. And I'm I'm not trying to be clever. I'm like, I, I promise I say okay. I promise if this was simple, I would simplify it. But it's not. Why do you say to start with imagination and elimination before you go straight into just looking at analysis on, you know, viral launch or some other tool? It's a good question. And I should preface with a a caveat that if you are reselling somebody else's products in a bundle, then you know what you're selling already, right? You don't need to go too broad. But a lot of people are trying to think about keyword research uh, Mm -hmm. for when they have no product at all to sell and they don't know what they're selling. So this is really geared to those people. If you already know what you're selling, then you can skip this process, right? So that's probably the the two things I should clarify. But if you're creating a private label or custom product label, then the keyword research has to be a big part of that. And I would say you need to understand who your consumer is and what drives them. If you try to be driven purely by the numbers, you won't be attached enough to the product to, to really make it work. So that's when that that comes in. Okay, so PIC stands for what again? And how do you go about doing the Product pick? idea creation. Okay, what do you do? Speaking. How does it work? So 
Yeah, start with a few things. Start with the obvious keywords. Like if you were going to go and look for doll's clothes, then put the word doll's clothes into Amazon and see what the autocomplete th throws up. So Amazon autocomplete is is a very handy little hack. And actually, you can come up with all sorts of things. Merchant words will we'll produce a billion and word words for you. But I don't think you need um, to go too mad in terms of getting quantity of keywords because you can generate a heck of a lot anyway. So start with some brainstorming. If you have existing customers and you're expanding into a related product line, then talk to your existing customers. People just don't tend to do that. If you're starting from scratch, talk to prospects. If you don't have any lists of prospects, hang around Facebook forums, watch a friend in your target market. If you're trying to sell something that your friends are into, search on Amazon or get them to search while you're recording a screen, anything to just kind of dive into the world of the consumer and what drives them to put keywords into the search bar because that gives you also the feeling for the search intent which is another important part of amazon or indeed seo which is why is somebody searching and you really got to get a good feel for that and uh, start with a bunch of ideas is really what you're going to end up with a list of 40 50 keywords that are related around one topic okay. um, that you're then going to analyze later and so the the goal is to get that list of 40 to 50 keywords that you're you know kind of in the universe of what you think might be the right approach to the listing creation. Exactly. Yeah. Universe is a good word. I mean, Tommy Griffith, who's one of the SEO experts that I really respect, is a Google SEO guy. But he says, yeah, try and overinvest in keyword research is the first thing he says. And the second thing he says is to try and get the available universe of keywords that your your uh, clients, for, for better, for want of a better word, your searches, shoppers swimming in or yeah. using, you know, so okay. that's important. Okay. So product idea creation is the first thing. You got a list mm -hmm. of 40 to 50 ideas, and then you go for the E, which is the elimination, the pie. Yeah, so pro right? Product idea elimination. Again, yeah. a bit of a cutesy word, but I, I think if you want to take a slice of a juicy pie, I a market, you need to go and analyze that, you know, that pie. It's not the greatest analogy, but anyway. So it's really the analytical piece. And that's when all the tools kick in, Helium 10, Jungle Scout, Viral Launch, and so forth. And what I would suggest you need to do is come up with a bunch of ideas and then eliminate most of them, which is can can be a bit tough it's a little bit like if you're doing product sourcing you scan you know 50 items and maybe find the one that's actually potentially profitable it's a similar equivalent in the keyword space you've come up with a bunch of ideas now you need to analyze them and and really go through a set process so what are the criteria by which you would eliminate one of the keywords off of your list First thing is really, I think you need to to set a budget. Very, very first thing. Because okay. if you set a budget of, say, $10,000 to order a product line and launch it, and I would suggest that you need like maybe 60-40 split in terms of the, the money for the inventory and, and landing costs and then uh, launch costs, maybe even more these days, uh, maybe it's 50-50. So having put that money on one side, um, can you afford to enter the market? And the very simple rule of thumb is if you're going to order three months worth of inventory if you're importing, which for most private label custom products is still the case, India, China, for most people, et cetera, then you're going to need about three months, three months of inventory because that is uh, the lead time. And very, very roughly, your landed cost has got to be a maximum of a third of your selling price. So if you so want when you to say, buy it down, yeah, sorry. So when you say set a budget, you mean set a, a revenue goal? No, I mean, a, an investment budget for how much okay. you can afford to invest in the product before okay. it starts to become financially self-sufficient. So if you set a budget, how does that 
how does that in, with the revenue how does that trigger the elimination of a key- so if you put the keywords in and within the say the top six listings mm-hmm. you can see that the revenue is more than your budget normally that means you can't offend, afford to enter the market and just give a breakdown of, of why it works that way for example let's say you're going into a market and the the even the sixth listing down ordered by revenue you need to be using a tool like jungle scout or helium 10 for this um then let's say the sixth listing down is uh, say doing fifty thousand dollars a month in revenue that seems really good right but in order to start to compete with and rank against a a product like that that means you're going to need to have um enough stock to sell fifty thousand revenue over three months because you need enough stock for three months because that's your lead time it's one month to manufacture two months to send it on a boat if you order any less than that you'll be out of stock for ages and if you do the math more or less you'll find that that that's what you're going to need in your budget, fifty thousand upfront. But so it generally coincides with the, the monthly revenue. So <laughs> very roughly. Very so rough for most normal entrepreneurs. <laughs> so, sorry, no, I'm not. This is funny. Please. Most normal entrepreneurs would think: Is there an opportunity to make a product here? Will Will anyone buy it? But what you're saying is the exact opposite, which is mm. people are buying this stuff at such a high velocity you're going to step into basically a jet stream of super expensive business creation instantly. Yes. <laughs> and so you're yeah. looking for not a too big seller opportunity. Absolutely right. <laughs> so yeah. It may counter the counter it, it to what be, most entrepreneurs would do. Yeah. It- <laughs> looking to increase your online sales, join Ecom events at one of their four events throughout the USA, Miami in January, San Diego in March, Minneapolis in July, and New York City in October. The conference offers learning, tips, and tools needed to increase your sales, networking, food and refreshments, prize drawing, and lots of fun for all seller levels. Head on over to www.e-comevents.com and register today with promo code AMAZINGFBA to save $50 off your ticket cost. It may be true, but I mean, I, I mean, maybe it's kind of a weird sounding thing to say, but here's what I would say. It depends what, if you call an entrepreneur, somebody with what I would call, I don't know, proper, for lots of a better word, funding, like you've got $100,000 in the, in the bank to launch a, a new product line and you've got an experienced team on your side, of course, you look for a big opportunity. That makes sense. But if, you, if you're starting off with a modest budget, not just for your business as a whole, but even you've got 20, 30 product lines already and you wanted to launch a new one, you may not have more than ten or even five thousand dollars available to launch it. In which case, there is, in my experience, what will happen if you go if you get blinded by the numbers. And by the way, every single person who who enters these markets when I work with them does this. They go, "Wow, it's amazing! Look, there's a million dollars a month being made on page one in revenue." And like, yeah, what matters is not how much revenue is being made, but how much of that market you can get. So market mm-hmm. share, mm-hmm. but only if it's profitable. And the truth is, when you go into a very very competitive space, you'll just find you can't rank on page one people fit to page two why because it's cheaper like you do on google right you only search on page three four of google looking for a bargain normally and that means that the profit drops out so mm-hmm. honestly it may be counterintuitive but like going into a big market per se is not a good thing it's normally actually actively a bad thing mm-hmm. unless you have a budget that matches so that's what i would say about that so in a lot of ways you're looking for a product opportunity that is so small you can afford to get into it without a lot of competition yeah, or you have a bigger budget. I'm not saying you should go for small or large. Well, it depends on what you have, right? Yeah, exactly. It should match. So that's why you have to set a budget for this product line launch, basically, into inventory and, and advertising and other launch costs. Okay.
Does that right. make sense? <laughs> I know it makes counterintuitive. You're right that it's counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right because everyone plunges into the biggest juicy looking markets. And I say, well, it is yeah. an opportunity for someone. Yeah. I mean, yeah. buying Amazon is an opportunity for a trillion dollar business, but it's not yeah. for me. You right. know? So, uh, yeah. Just great. Okay. So how else do you eliminate keywords or what else, what else are the next steps then? Yeah. So the next thing is to look at the demand side. You've got to size up the opportunity. What what would be the value of winning a ranking battle? Not just the revenue, but the profit. So you've got to do the opposite side. If there's no demand for something, this is like the opposite extreme. If Once you've set a budget of, say, $20,000 to launch your product line, you may put in some keywords you've got super specific about, like, I don't know, fish tanks for guppy fish or something. And maybe there is a market for that, but maybe it's $300 a, a month. So if there's no if there's no valuable market there is no demand at all then that's another reason to leave the opportunity out as well so once you set the budget and you go shopping and you put your keywords into these tools or even to amazon you quickly will see oh this is too big for me or there's no demand so either those are reasons to, to just get out and eliminate it okay how do you think about the competition in that context does that come into the factor Definitely what do. does, yeah. So if there is demand, then I'm worried about competition. If there's no demand or not enough, then I wouldn't bother. I'm not, and I'm, I wouldn't probably get into a private label or custom product for something less than a couple of thousand dollars a month or, or pounds, depending where you're sourcing from. If you're sourcing locally in the US to sell in the US, you can probably have smaller amounts of stock. And there's nuances there. But the competition side, really, again. I want to see a few things. There's a ton of metrics that can go into this, but one very important one is how dominant is any single competitor. So if uh -huh. I look at all the revenue per month, which is most of the the research tools will give you, Helium 10 is my number one of choice, and then you look at the percentage taken by any single out of that, then if it's more than about 25, 30% for a single brand, or if they're double their competition, that starts to worry me. So everyone can set that bar a slightly different place, but it's fairly obvious. If you go into a market where, 50% uh, of the sales in revenue dollar terms are being take, taken by one brand, then that's going to be very, very hard to compete with. And it tends to mean that you're going to compete by being cheaper. It's possible to compete by being much better, but then you can probably get a higher price point if you can really articulate that through wonderful mm -hmm. imagery, but mm -hmm. then it tends to be hard to make it profitable. So generally, it's just inadvisable. Do you see people who do this strategy and end up going for the smaller opportunities and then create like a portfolio of mm. the smaller? I mean, they build a business out of yeah. the yeah. the wimpy little products that no yeah. one else is really working well, towards and then they end up with a profit. The, the thing is, I yeah. would say people worry about the wrong metrics and worry about the size of a market. That's absolutely irrelevant mm -hmm. because if it isn't your market, I mean, Amazon's a multi-billion dollar valuation now. I'm not excited about that because I don't own Amazon stock. And the reason for that I'm mm -hmm. regretting now is because I thought I was already exposed to Amazon enough being focused on it and didn't want to get the stock. So it's irrelevant. And mm -hmm. it's just the same if you're looking at keywords, it doesn't belong to you yet. So the market share you can own is the only bit that counts. Mm -hmm. So having owning a big percentage of a small market is way, way, way better than being a little tiddler in a massive uh -huh. market. So it's mm -hmm. the star principle, you know, find a pond you can dominate, be the big fish in a small pond, really. Mm -hmm. it, it, that's the the net net. And, and most yeah. markets do not lend themselves to that, particularly if you have a modest budget. And to be frank, yeah. modest means at least $10,000. And okay. that means you have to eliminate most seeming opportunities are not actually, you know, opportunities, not really. I love this. Okay, can you summarize? And then I think what we'll do mm. for our recording purposes, we're going to keep going, but this will end up being two podcast episodes. But why don't you summarize sure. this pie and pick process, and then we'll keep going. 
Surely. So yeah, pick if you're starting off uh, with a new product line, whether absolutely from scratch or you're sort of expanding, for example, if you've been selling dolls clothes and you now want to sell dolls houses or something, I don't know if that's even relevant to that market because I don't know it, but then you probably still need to do this. So pick is product idea creation. You need to just really do your very, very best to understand your target market and the actual people putting keywords in the best you can start with the obvious keywords use amazon autocomplete and merchant words if you want but really talk to existing customers if you're talking from scratch talk to prospects if you don't have any hang around facebook forums and and friends and then pie is the product earlier elimination or the analysis piece uh really important set of budget so that you're only shopping for that sort of markets you could afford to dominate as it were make sure there's demand sometimes the market's too small and nobody's interested so your products will sit there forever even if you win the market and then evaluate the competition and just eliminate hyper competition above all any household big names i don't want to sell trainers against nike for example or anyone who's really dominating the market with a big percentage of the the revenue i love it man wow great start to this conversation Hey folks, thanks so much for listening to another episode of The E-Commerce Leader. So today we've been deep diving into Amazon keyword research. It's a time-consuming, mental bandwidth-consuming process, and I wouldn't claim that it's super easy or that I'm a genius at this stuff. I think most people find that they struggle with it to a certain extent, but I think it is really, really important. And in any platform of SEO, and the best person I know for SEO training generally is a Google SEO specialist, Tommy Griffith of clickminded.com worth checking out if you're needing training in google seo which jason and i are going to deep dive into in an episode soon but even if it's amazon wherever it is really over investing as tommy calls it in keyword research i think is one of the keys so you need to just get to grips with the sort of universe of keywords out there for me it comes down to a blend between a couple of things a bit of imagination and using some brainstorming what i call pick or product idea creation and then filtering with the traditional sort of amazon tools that everyone spends so much time obsessing about helium 10 jungle scout viral launch etc and that's really about the elimination i would say of opportunities rather than adding all the time to the options which will drive you crazy i separate the adding options together into the, the, the product today creation or ideation phase if you want to be formal about it and then the elimination phase so things that are too expensive markets to enter if there's no demand if the competition is hyper competition um, then those are all reasons to decide not to enter a keyword driven market and that kind of simplifies your life because in the end you'll find there aren't that many real opportunities for private label or custom product creation these days on Amazon unless you have a, a really enormous budget. What's left is the stuff that's worth going into. So you will find you have to do a lot of research in order to find even possibly viable keywords in my opinion, my experience, particularly if you're starting from scratch. Now, the more established people out there may well find that their keyword research is not really about choosing which markets going to, but is purely about refining existing uh, listings for products. And you will find my experience with my clients that are more established six or seven figure sellers is that they do find that their ranking goes up when they've really overinvested in keyword research, pick the right keywords and, and really gone for it in terms of updating the listing. Talking of the listing or the product detail page, we'll be talking about that next episode. So stay tuned for that if that's something that you're wanting to work on or refine. 
I'm aware that I'm not saying anything profound uh, in these episodes that is different from what people have said before, but a lot of the times in business life, the simple disciplines are the ones you need to keep revisiting. And for me, this is one of those areas. I There are sort of hacks, they come and they go, but the basics of being thorough about understanding the sorts of words that your um, potential customers use is never going to go away. And I think that this process overall, if you're a Shopify-focused person, while we will be talking about Google SEO, is very, very applicable to you or indeed any direct-to-consumer site, WooCommerce, BigCommerce, whatever. When I say Shopify, it's got a shorthand for all that stuff, just so you understand. And if you're selling on eBay, same stuff applies as on Amazon as well, to a large degree. So that's us today. Thanks very much for your patience with what I know is a bit of a hard topic to get your head around sometimes. If you've enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice. We're getting our subscriptions, our followers on, on Shopify flying on nice. It's not exactly a hockey stick, but it's a nice steady upward graph. So come and join everyone else. And if you enjoy the show and you're on Apple Podcasts, we'd love your highest and best rating out of five stars. And if you feel moved to leave us a review, a few words about the show, even better. Thanks so much for your willingness to do that in advance. And as ever, thank you for your attention. It's our honour to serve you. And we're thrilled if you're going to get something out of this and go away and make more money. That's fantastic. That's what we live for here. So thanks so much for your attention. Look forward to seeing you in the next show. Thanks for listening to the 10K Collective podcast for six and seven figure Amazon sellers. I really hope you found the show helpful to you. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave us a quick star rating. It will take you all of 30 seconds to do it, but it does mean we can be found by and help many more e-commerce business builders. I wish you fast and profitable scaling, and I hope you enjoy the process of building your seven-figure Amazon business. Thanks very much for listening.